This is the Pop Goes the Culture podcast box office report for Thursday, September the 27th. We are at the Thursday home of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast at the Alamo Draft House here in Springfield, Missouri. I am one of your hosts, Joey Mills with ComingSoon.net. Joining me today, we've got K-Dub and David the Man, the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> Once again, he's back for another... Back again. Back and step it on your toes. No, you're good. That's what we do on the shows. We step <laughs> all over each other. Uh, speaking of back, we are in the back half of the week. It is almost the weekend. I know if you're like me, you're probably wondering, thinking about what you're going to do this weekend. We've got some suggestions. Maybe come see a movie here at the Alamo Draft House. But first, before we talk about all the cool stuff they got going on here at the Alamo in the next week or so, let's take a look back at the weekend that was... Uh, First up, number one in their debut, number one at the box office, taking in almost $27 million, was The House with a Clock in Its Walls. Very popular. It was we, a f- we all knew it would be number one. We had some discussion last week about how much it would make. Yeah, I, can, I don't remember what I said. but I, I don't remember what we said. I think I, I put it high. Yeah. I like to think I said twenty six point six million. I, I'm pretty sure I was within a yeah. I was. I think I was at twenty six five maybe. <laughs> no, that no. But a good week. Uh, everybody that I have known that has talked about it that has seen that movie said it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's yeah. what I've heard. It's a lot of fun. So I wasn't expecting you know an Oscar winning picture, but well, no, you know, a little Jack Black movie with like haunted house. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't see how you could go wrong with that movie, so. Yeah, absolutely. He's kind of making a name or a niche for himself in that whole family-friendly genre now. After he did the Goosebumps and Jumanji and now this, so. Yeah, good for him. I'm very happy to see him continuing to work. Well, he made some of that Kung Fu Panda money and he's like, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) Parents take kids to see movies. Huh. They're not coming to see Tenacious D movies, but they're... (laughs) Although I think they're working on a new one of those, too. And I'll see it. TV series on YouTube that they're yeah. working on. Uh, number two, climbing a spot from number three up to number two last weekend, making uh, about ten and a quarter million dollars. A simple favor, jumping into the number two spot, kind of surprising. It's I don't know. I don't know what to attribute that to. I gotta say the reviews were a lot better than I thought it would be yeah. uh, for that movie. I was expecting it kind of be kind of to be a little schlocky and uh, overdone. But uh, is that because Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively were the stars? Were you uh, expecting the first trailer? It's it's a drama from a comedic director, and the right. first trailer looked like a trailer for a comedy. And I was like, this. I'm waiting for the joke. And uh, all I've heard about it is like, this. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like it's another one of these pretty good movies. It's better than people expected. And uh, you know. It passing the nun isn't a big surprise just because right. those movies they drop they off. They don't have legs, right? They don't have legs, but uh, yeah, it's it's gonna. This one's gonna kind of walk for a little bit. I'm sure it'll end up with a nice little little total. It'll make back its budget and then some. Oh yeah, chucking and along. So <laughs> kind of what you were allu- to alluding to. Swapping places with a simple favor. The nun drops to number three. I don't think anybody's upset that they're bringing in another ten million dollars. Yeah, in that, not that at all. Weekend. Uh, so yeah, it's just semantics at that point. The difference between ten and ten and a quarter million in the scope of things not that big. I think we kind of talked about that too. Once everybody went and did the initial C, it would just it's going to just hang around, just rake in that eight, ten, twelve million dollars every week. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, ten this you know eight next weekend, six the weekend after, just kind of slowly fall away. Speaking of dropping, <laughs> uh, dropping from number one last weekend all the way down to number four. Bringing in about $9 million was The Predator. 
We expect to see that in the top five again after this week? No. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Absolutely not. Do we expect not. to see it in the top ten after this week? Yes. I don't, I don't barely. Like, yeah. it'll probably be like Crazy Rich Asians will stay there at like 6.5. Right. You know, or in Make another, yeah, thing. six, five. And then the Predator will be behind it by like, probably like making five or four something. Four and a half, something yeah. like that, yeah. Speaking of Crazy Rich Asians, hanging on to the number five spot. They didn't move. They brought in another $6.5 million. Crazy Rich Asians has, speaking of having some legs, they sticking around, ran the top number, top spot for, what, three or four weeks, and then just kind of yeah. hanging around, making a little more money they're, every weekend. I'm sure they're working on the sequel right now. <laughs> uh, I think they're trying to tie down the director for another one. So, yeah, you know, uh, when you have... Uh, Something something like Crazy Rich Asians, where it's an underserved market, uh, and you make a good movie. That combination tends to yield a lot of money. It's Absolutely. like the female superhero movie Wonder Woman. It's like yeah, take underserved Woman, market, Black Panther, make a yeah. good movie, and uh, people will show up. Absolutely. Kind of sounds like people that have already seen it are bringing friends from yeah. oh, like different social things. Yeah, you would have seen it. Let's go watch it. Yeah, yeah stuff like that. Uh, so moving out of the top five on the strength of the house with a clock in its walls, this one cracked me up. So the first Goosebumps two trailer, no sign of Jack Black. I don't even know that he was on the poster because I looked. Nope, no Jack Black. <laughs> uh, the house with a clock in its walls takes number one spot at the box office. Hey, we got a new Goosebumps two trailer, and guess who's in it? Jack Black. <laughs> very, very much uh, present in the Goosebumps two trailer that debuted after. <laughs> Uh, the house with the clock in its walls took the top spot. So that's kind of funny <laughs> to me that now they're like, well, hey, if that's going to work, uh, yeah, let's market this with Jack Black in it. Yep. He's doing good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, did you like that movie? Because we got another one coming out. Jack Black's got the hot hand. He does. I right liked now. him in the first Goosebumps. Yeah. I thought his part in there was pretty. Uh, I dug it. Yeah. Speaking of trailers, we got a new trailer for Bumblebee this week, which features more scenes of original Generation 1 Transformers with their 1980s designs. Have you had a chance to see the trailer, and what did you think about this one? I haven't. I've been away from social media for about five, six days. not a bad place to be sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I saw it. And my thing with these Transformers movies, uh, I'm a weak tour on the Transformers movies. I want to yeah. know what people say about them because they're very, very inconsistent. And uh, I have a hope that this will be good. Uh, there's just not a lot to back that up <laughs> yeah. aside from hope. Experience so. is not, yeah, yeah, in your side, but hope could be. it. The trailers look less... You're a weak two with the Transformers movies. Yeah. I'm a... Uh, I'll read the reviews, and if it happens to be on USA Network on a Saturday at 5 o'clock and there's nothing else on, then I might keep it on there as I'm fixing dinner. Um, I've not been impressed with the Transformers movies, but this one looks to be potentially the better of the group. Yeah. They hired a nice actress. Like She's yeah, very she talented. Actually, yeah, she can she's sing, an actor. She can, yeah, she, she's, she's not an issue. Uh, they got the designs right. I mean, they're going back with that. It's set in the 80s. They're going with the 80s aesthetic. There are some scenes, some pretty cool scenes with some pretty cool Transformers You know that you remember playing with or you remember seeing in the cartoons. But, um, but it's a Transformers movie, and the, <laughs> the human bad guy is John Cena. So... It seems less bloated than some of the other ones. Yeah. So uh, I really want to see. I would like a small Transformers movie. 
like a $65 million budget focuses on one transformer and it's just like a just a character study. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's the route this one started from what I understand, but it just got to be, hey, you know, Everybody wants to see yeah. all these other Transformers too in their original, you know, configurations. You so. know what would add to this scene? A big explosion. <laughs> well, building that's gonna happen falling. no matter what. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> we also got the final trailer for this November's new Fantastic Beasts movie. I'm not gonna say the whole title because we'd be here all day. Um, <sighs> which looks to be more darker, uh, more action packed than the original Fantastic Beasts movie that we got a couple years ago. Um, there are some some don't blink, don't turn your head because you might miss some connections to the original Harry Potter movies in this as well, in this trailer. So um, you've had a chance to see this? Yes, I have, and, and they are thoughts? really ringing out that Harry Potter money. They're, They're trying to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> let's keep this train, this money train going. Uh, I, you know, it's just such a huge fan base that I'm not surprised that these movies will just keep getting made. Uh, fans seem to love them. I'm personally not a huge fan. That's okay, you know. Uh, I watched the last one. What was it? The uh, where to where to find them? Fantastic uh -huh. Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot it lighter than some of the other Harry Potter movies. You know, they kind of aged with the audience. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll probably see this. I imagine. So is that, no, I don't like. I watched the Harry Potter movies all except for the last one. I think I still have got that. But, but I hear a lot of people still. I mean, to this day, they're still talk about. And how much they love them. Jess still gets the wands, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. But I don't hear as much about these movies. Are they? Is there a younger audience, and I'm just not hearing it? Or well, they don't have the books to support them. What they have to support them are the previous eight movies. But these are like a prequel, so totally different cast of characters to an extent. I mean, they they do try to cross over because that's where the money's at. You know, people want to see those characters younger. But um, yeah, I mean. They're going to make a lot of money. What they're missing is uh, Jack Black. No. Yeah. Um, they've got Dan Fogler, who's trying to be Jack Black in these movies, um, which is kind of funny to watch. because He's been trying for got, a while. He could have just yeah. got Jack Black. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll do well. It'll open. I'm sure, Well, I don't want to say it. It comes out before Thanksgiving, so it may open number one. I know oh. Thanksgiving week is packed. I bet the thing I opens to the, like eighty million. Oh yeah, I I would not be shocked yeah, at this all. Is the, I think that really? everybody. I think everybody has cleared the schedule. I don't think there's anything releasing that weekend. I think it's the weekend prior to Thanksgiving. So it's one of those movies you don't want to mess with. Yeah, it's yeah, it's one they cleared the schedule for. So, oh, huh. the Charlie's Angels reboot has officially begun production. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anybody. Anybody care? Uh, the Elizabeth Banks directed film scheduled for about this time next year, September 2019. Um, she's she's directing. I think she had a hand in some of the some of the scripting. Uh, she is going to be in the movie, not as one of the angels. She's going to be Bosley or one version of oh, Bosley. Yeah? Um, Patrick Stewart, I believe, is going to be another version of Bosley, which is odd that there's two versions in the same film of the same character, but whatever. Maybe it's one of those take off the mask and it's Patrick Stewart under the Elizabeth Banks costume. I don't know. I don't <laughs> like know what they've got going changer. on for that. That would but, be hilarious. Uh, so that is moving forward. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> don't have much to say about that other than it's out there. She, I mean, I don't know. I, do Are they going to go serious with it? Or are they oh, I go? doubt it. If Elizabeth Banks is directing it, I imagine it'll... 
it will probably feel like Pitch Perfect without the singing. Yeah. It's going to be another girls girls on a mission story that she's done it, with those movies. And yeah. If, if you've seen like Pitch Perfect 2, I believe she directed yeah. that one. And uh, was not the best of the three. No. Uh, just... I don't expect it. She doesn't have like a very interesting, unique director's perspective. Right. Uh, Pitch Perfect Two was fine. Yeah. Uh, really silly. So I imagine we're going to get a really. I think Elizabeth Banks is hilarious, and oh, yeah. uh, you know maybe she learned something from her first directing outing, and uh, this could be just a dumb, fun, entertaining movie. I hope so. It's yeah. scheduled for a September release, so they're not. <laughs> That's not, not a lot of competition <laughs> there. Well, I mean, they they've got you know. If you're going to do something, throw it in September. Because yeah. if you do anything well in September, you're going to run the box office Don't for a while. Don't have a lot so. of competition. Yeah. Uh, actor Sean Gunn, whose brother, James Gunn, was fired from the Guardians of the Galaxy director job, has confirmed that as of right now, Disney still plans to use the script that James Gunn wrote for the now on hold, perpetually on hold, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, the script was finished long before James Gunn was fired from that movie. Um, not only does it complete the arc for those characters in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but it's supposed to, as I understand it, be kind of the launching pad, the jumping off point for a whole bunch of the stories they may want to tell on that cosmic side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So um, apparently they like the script well enough that even with all the other stuff going on. They're, they're going to use the script. He's going to get the main writing credit on it. They'll bring somebody else in to finish it up, I'm sure. But um, your thoughts, anybody's thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Not that it matters because it's not going to happen for a while, but uh, yeah. any thoughts on this story? It's a nice cake and eat it too situation where they were we able... We get to fire him, but we get to keep your Yeah, <laughs> we'll get rid of him because everyone's pressuring us too, and then uh, everyone's also pressuring us to make his movie, so, so we'll, keep we'll just do both. Yeah. It seems like there's more people pressuring to keep him than get rid of him. At this so. point, there is. Yeah. yeah. There's that initial reactionary response to... Yeah. The knee jerk from really just a small vocal group, but... yeah. But to your point, yeah, this is Disney's way to not address the situation yeah. and still get what they want out of the Just deal. Just push so. it down and try and he's, ignore it. He's yeah. better than me because I'd be like, all right, I'll tell you what. You want to fire me? <laughs> Open up all your Twitters <laughs> and all your emails to the public and so they can read everything from the 10 years ago that you've been writing. Let's compare. Yeah. yeah. I remember then, the Sony leaks and there were some pretty vitriolic yeah. stuff in there. Oh, absolutely. So I'm sure everyone has dirt. So yep, uh, just don't have to look too far to find it. And now he, someone else, some other studio gets to make a ton of money using him. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, the next film he makes, which I think this November, there's something Sony that I don't know. He he was supposed supposed to announce something at uh, San Diego Comic Con, a yeah. project he's got. I think it was with Sony. It's either Sony or Paramount. Either way. Uh, that was going to be this November. The studios announced that, yes, we're still going to do it this November, but they haven't even announced the title to really? the public yet. So there's something coming in November from James Gunn uh, that was done prior to his firing. But, yeah, once once everybody gets that, hey, this was this is what we want to work with, this is who we want to work with. And yeah, it was a stumble, by no means a fall. So Yeah. <laughs> We are seeing a ton, a ton of stuff. Photos, set photos, set video footage for the upcoming Joker movie that's currently filming. Um, we got, you know, 
they teased us at first with uh, what was probably a makeup test with Joaquin, or probably a costume test. And then that they kind of made a gif out of it, which showed some stuff from the makeup test. And then we started getting some photos, some stills from the set. And then they've thrown out a couple of teases of, hey, here's a 15-second video from you know people running out of the subway and then the Joker coming yeah, out. Yeah, so, I saw that. So we've seen a lot of stuff, none of it in any sort of context whatsoever. Um, what does it does it change your thoughts? Does it reinforce your thoughts? What do you think about what you're seeing and as it relates to this Joker movie? I totally get what they're doing. They're like, trying to uh, build buzz. They're, <laughs> they're trying to build buzz, buzz, but they're also trying to say, "Hey, look, this is absolutely not the Suicide Squad Joker. Right. This is more traditional, uh, and it's going to be gritty and dark, and it's going to be cool." So they they're really trying to push down the Jared Leto Joker. It was just such a misfire and there was so little love for that character and that representation. But I'm actually hearing with the bonus footage we actually get to see more Leto in the parts and stuff like people are watching that and they're actually like, wow, oh, all the this scenes is actually that got cut. winning me over. Like, yeah, I'm Suicide Suck Squad had a lot of issues <laughs> with it. Um, yeah, there were a lot of scenes cut. Yes, they are definitely trying to get in front of the story and tell the story they want it, the way they want it to be told in the press which is look at this this yeah. is not you know just forget that this is echoing back to a couple of things it it feels a little Heath Ledger-ish it feels but it's not yes it looks dark and feels dark but it also maybe it's just me but it feels a little you know Batman 66 Joker is too at times. Yeah. Just with the way they're approaching things, the way, you know, with the suit being kind of like a little garish, kind of the way he's walking. And it, it's like they're, it feels like it's a bunch of different things. But yes, it's not the last thing, yes. is what they're trying to tell people, I think. So it'll be interesting to see Pulling what the becomes best of, it. of all the other Jokers to it, make a Joker you really want to go see. It feels like it because it feels like this is very much an origin story and it feels like they are, you know, that was one of the better things about. I mean, Heath Ledger's Joker was a lot of good things, but one of the things that I really liked was that they didn't give you a story. Yeah. He, in fact, he changed the story multiple times, and it almost feels like they're kind of playing to that in this, where it's like, yes, this is going to be an origin story, but we're going to show you different scenes, and you're never going to really know <laughs> where we are. There's no context, so That'd we're playing unique. to a bunch of these different mythologies and stories. And I don't know. I, it's, it's making me more excited. Um, yeah. it's, it's taking me from, yeah, I don't need this, to... Yeah, okay, I'll give it a chance. Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. I think yeah. he's he'll, he should do a good job. Hopefully he's got a nice script to work with. That's that's, <laughs> that's always that's that, the, that key. Is the kicker. You know, like I said before, I was like, I'm not 100% on board, but he plays crazy well. Yeah, so, he does. I mean, I, I think he can pull it off, but yeah, we'll just see. Speaking of DC movies, Warner Brothers Pictures has set a February 2020 release date for a Birds of Prey movie. You know, I don't particularly like it when a studio says this is when the movie's coming out and they don't have a cast or a script or a director or, you know. Yeah. That's just, you know, let's just give the people that are making the movies the space and the time to make the movies. But anyhow, that's how big studios are ran. They they give you a date and then they fill it in with a movie. Um, the only character and the only actor confirmed for the film is Margot Robbie is going to reprise her role as Harley Quinn from the not so good Suicide Squad movie. Um, traditionally, Birds of Prey is included. Black Canary, Batgirl, Huntress, 
a few others have popped in and out over the years. But um, again, kind of looking to, you know, they, they did Wonder Woman well. They've got, if they don't have any other audience, they do kind of have that, hey, we've got women watching our movies now. So it feels like they're like, let's let's build on that. Let's make a superhero team-up movie for the ladies. So I thought when this thing was, oh, no, I'm thinking of uh, Gotham Sirens. Or yeah, whatever. that one's been pushed to the back burner. I'm really excited for this to be like a structureless, stilted, horrible movie. Like, <laughs> I have no faith in it. Yeah. I really hope to read a couple reviews and it to say, like, this is good. This is unique. Wasn't what we were expecting. Uh, but having a having like a, a spinoff with a character from a horrible movie <laughs> is such a great idea. I don't know why more people don't do it. <laughs> yes, she was the best character in a bad movie. Does that mean she can be a lead villain in a better movie, or does it just mean that she's going to be in another movie that's just not going to be very good either? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, she's hope, a great actress. Yeah, I hope they nail it because she is a good actress, and there is a huge opportunity with this market. You just can't deliver. Man, writing is DC's so important. Traditional, <laughs> their crap. <laughs> it's like wow, telling a story. You really do need to have a story. Yeah, uh, you can't just have dark <laughs> scenes at night <laughs> to hide your bad CGI. It's like, you know what? We should add another helicopter crash. I yeah. think that would really make this movie. Yeah, if they made this movie without a single helicopter crashing. Oh. If they made it set in the daytime, which Gotham you're not going to do anyway, but... It's just like really bright. <laughs> yeah, it's just bright and sunny Gotham. It's blue sky, couple clouds. Like, why is Gotham... We never see <laughs> Gotham like this. Yeah. Just bring the booty shorts. It's going to be all right. Yeah, it should be fine, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of stuff we don't want, because all the stuff we talked about, we have some hope for, but now we've got a couple of news stories of things we don't necessarily have <laughs> any hope for. We don't really want. We don't know why. Who's asking for these things? First up, Whoopi Goldberg told Good Morning Britain, which is apparently the British version of Good Morning America. If I had Makes to guess, sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> Probably owned by Disney. Uh, that Disney is rebooting Sister Act. And Finally. While, while Whoopi won't be the main character in the film, she will have a cameo. I just read that this morning. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know who's... I don't know that anybody's asking for this movie, but... People just, besides Whoopi. Does somebody dust off the VHS tape and be like, ooh, we should do this. And that's not to say there's not a market for a well-done movie with those themes. I don't know you want to hit your wagon to that IP necessarily, but... I mean, they were successful, and the studios are really nervous nowadays with making original, unique content, because when it fails, it usually fails stupendously. So I'm, I'm not surprised that they're making a new sister act. You know, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah. They're finding yeah. these movies like, this did pretty good. It's like, we made three of them. Yeah. So. But did the movie, I mean, were these movies that good, or was it just because, like, in this time period... That was Whoopi your choice. <laughs> well, it was yeah. choices, but Whoopi Goldberg was hot. So anything that she was in... Kind of you know, had a little bit of, yeah. not gold, but... Except that Dinosaur Cop movie. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. And that, But we're not like that. I mean, like, back then, anything that had... Tom Cruise in it or, you know, Robin Williams or whatever you're into, like you would go see. But nowadays, you know, if you're a Tom Cruise fan and you say, Tom Cruise is coming out with this, you're like, eh, 
You I'll know? wait and see how it does. Yeah, yeah. See, people aren't like that anymore. You know, it. Some of us are. Yeah, well, I'll be there every, every Tom single Tom Cruise movie. I'm, I'm there. It, it's, it. You know, we're going to talk about this on our regular show uh, this weekend because it's been something I've been kicking around for a couple of weeks now. Um, based off of you know Burt Reynolds passed away, it's been what two, maybe three weeks now, and there's still something about that that's been gnawing at me about what you know what why is that sticking. Why is that, you know, with me personally, within the pop culture, whatever. Um, but, yeah, you know, looking at the numbers back when Burt Reynolds was in his heyday making his movies late 70s, early 80s, if you look, there were both big studio and independent films. Like, in 1980, there was like 126 films released. And looking at the data, I think the last numbers I pulled were like 2016. There was over 800 films made in the U.S., not even counting, like, the stuff they make in, like, Indonesia that we never see. Yeah, eight hundred films, studio and independent films. So you know, flooding the market. Yeah, you know, he was one of the last people before there were cable channels, before there were tons of movies made, before we needed more content. You know, back when it meant something to be in the movies because they were only making you know fifty of these a year or whatever, a hundred of these a year. If you were in the movies, you were somebody. But, you know, he's kind of the last of that group of people that before everybody got a show, everybody got a movie, everybody gets to be a star. Yeah. Um, and I think to your point, it, yeah, Sister Act, I don't remember. It was it, it was either late 80s or early 90s. I believe so, early 90s. So, yeah, so we're talking, you know. It's ironic you say that about Burt Reynolds. His final movie was called The Last no, Movie yeah, Star. Yeah, which is totally appropriate for him. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, is it because, you know, in the 90s there were only – 250, 300 movies a year made, and you know, and Whoopi Goldberg's in the movie. You go see a Whoopi Goldberg movie. So nowadays, does Sister Act have that kind of audience? I don't know. We'll have to find out. They're banking on it. There's so many like stars nowadays. Like, and we use that, that word level. so yeah, and we use that word uh, so loosely anymore. Stars. I'm a movie star. No, you were in a movie. Yeah, with you the, were the headliner of a movie. But with you're the not a star. 800 movies that come out a year, like you know, we have quite a consistent number of people who are uh, leads in these movies. Right. And uh, I think they each develop their own fan base. It's just with so many options, now it's not choosing between like 30 or 40 people that are popular. Right. It's more like there's there are hundreds and hundreds of people that you can be like huge fans of. Like well, I don't know how many big Danny McBride fans there <laughs> right. are, but I'm I one. He's yeah. hilarious, yeah. and I'll go to anything he makes. Uh, but with so many people out there and all these like niches in film, well, take it a step further. Film has to compete with so many television. You know, they're, they call this. The you know the renewed maybe it's not the golden age of television it's certainly the silver age of television there was not the internet with all the YouTube stars and all yeah. kinds of content it's just there's so much content now it's hard to be a true star so back to this side does that mean Sister Act can do that kind of business nowadays based off of what it did back then I don't know some studio Disney who has all the monies who makes typically makes pretty good choices. Seems to think that there's some life left in the franchise. We'll find out if they ever make it. Just because just they're talking to Whoopi about it. Hey, we've yeah. got a script and you've got a cameo. Doesn't mean it's coming out anytime in the near future. Yeah. If anyone can wring it dry, Disney. <laughs> it's Disney. They'll get it. And finally, the last of the From the Stuff We Don't Want file for this week. Warner Brothers Pictures 
they of the <laughs> Birds of Prey movie, has announced that they've tapped Mel Gibson. You remember him? Yes, that Mel Gibson Ugh. to co-write and direct a remake of The Wild Bunch, <laughs> a movie that doesn't need a remake. Doesn't need a remake by Mel Gibson. Refresh me on The Wild Bunch. The Wild Bunch was an extremely violent for its time. Nowadays, it's fairly tame, but it's still violent. Extremely violent for its time. Uh, Western about basically just a bunch of, a wild bunch that just goes around doing their thing, killing and shooting lots of, lots of shooting, lots of, you know, you can speak to maybe a little more than I can, but it's just, it's, it wasn't the best. It was using the over the top violence of it to kind of hang its hat on and like look what we did to your dad's westerns we turned them into a tarantino-esque you know violent symphony of bullets flying and i think uh unpopular opinion here i think that uh i would be excited for this just based off of and you know we can all address the elephant in the room mel gibson seems like a bad person (laughs) he he seems like a bad person that's that's not overstepping my bound but but there are a lot of bad people yeah there are tons of them (laughs) so with that in mind he the guy can make a brilliant movie he's a amazing director he's a great writer he makes phenomenal screenplays uh He's also, he makes violent movies. They're bloody and gory, and the fact that he's remaking Wild Bunch, a movie that at its time, it was this violent, uh, over-the-top film. Uh, now, I'm sure with a Mel Gibson bend on it, uh, there's going to be a lot of blood and guts. It's going to be... But what can you, I mean, but for a, I mean, yes, he can make a better script than yeah. the original Wild Bunch script. Yes, he can direct movies very well. I mean... Mm-hmm. But what, I guess my question is, what you what can you add to that name? Because they're pulling that name for a reason. You don't say, you know, we're going to grab, take a choice of movie. We're going to use that title with all the baggage that it comes with, with all the preconceived, with all the memories of. What can you do in 2018, which is not going to get made this year, 2019, 2020, whatever, that is worthy of the legacy of the original that has something new and unique to offer because we've seen Tarantino for example we've seen violence we've seen you know we've seen this what can you do I don't know I just I don't see a need for uh, us to go back to that well why not I I know tried true why not grab another another give it a different name you know I don't know Uh, just because you're not you're not hamstrung by the original if you make an original film that's at its heart based on feels like in the vein of the original Wild Bunch. I mean, I would prefer him spending his time making things that are unique and different and his own. I think uh, whenever he does something like that, like Apocalypto is just this beautiful, beautiful. masterpiece of yep. a film. Hacksaw Ridge was great, and now it's like a biographical film. Right. Uh, I feel like in Mel Gibson's hands, he will turn it into like a fresh, entertaining film that will reach a lot of audiences that the Wild Bunch might have missed out on based on when it was released. Right. Because I'm sure there are tons of people in the modern era that have, have not no seen idea. the film. They don't know what it's about even. Didn't so, the remake of Magnificent Seven do pretty good, though? It's great. Yeah. But and then again, like they, hate, but they the Hateful Eight. I think it did pretty good too, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Westerns a genre that can produce good movies. It's just 
I guess my question is why saddle yourself, no pun intended, to the IP, to to that title, to, you know, hey, we're making the Wild Bunch again. Maybe as a challenge. It's like, hey, well, he <laughs> Wild Bunch he is great. I'm going to make an even better Wild Bunch. <laughs> yeah. He the did. Wilder Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did do pretty good with the old telling of Jesus there and the passion of the cross. Yeah, man, that's, so. his, that's his thing, man. He does really good with these historical based on, you know, loosely based on true stories, whether it's Hacksaw Ridge or, or Apocalypto, you know, there's he, that's kind of his thing. He's a storyteller. He is, but he kind of but to that point, he does tell an entertaining story, but he always it seems like he takes that that vein of history that runs through it and tells his spin on it. Um, the Wild Bunch isn't historical, it's just Maybe by the time he's the time done with it, it will be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You never know what he's going to do with it. I'll just know. take that story and tell it a different way. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. He'll throw in names like Doc Holliday. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, now he's remaking Tombstone. You got the wrong movie, I, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. That exactly. was perfect. Well, new well, in, it'll happen. Uh, at some point. Just give it time. Yeah. Yuck. Time and space. New in theaters this week, uh, three movies that will probably be generating buzz when we're talking about uh, the weekend's top five next week. First up, Hellfest, um, which we've been talking about. This is the one that is set in a horror-themed traveling amusement park that goes around. They've set up in a particular place. I forget where the location is in this film. And a group of attractive 20-somethings go to visit. There's a serial killer who's killing, and people think that you know, as the bodies line up, that they're just part of the decoration or part of the theme of the thing. Um, Trying to get that early jump on Halloween by releasing the last weekend in September. Putting it in front of every YouTube video I watch. Yeah, exactly. They've got their, they know their target's going to be the older teens, young, you know, college, young 20s. Um, We'll see what happens. I'm sure it'll be in the top five. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, it's going to do killer. You know, I think it's going to miss it. You think so? I have a feeling, like, as far as like in house marketing and stuff. There are no studios that are really pushing for the trailer to be on our movies. Yeah. So I have a feeling like this late social media push won't be enough to put it over the top. I bet it comes out to like four to six million dollars. That's my guess. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say 22. Oh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say eight to ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like it's going to go on the lower think, end because we I also have a couple of movies that are going to yeah, pull away there, there are some bigger ones coming out. I think that their audience knows this movie's coming out. I think their audience has known this movie's going to come out since they've you know, started talking about it. So I think it's not going to get the walk-up business like, hey, let's go see a movie. Um, but I think that the audience that knows about this will know that it's out and come out and see it. Um, the name's The name is horrible. The name is yeah. Well, <laughs> I just hear the name and it sounds like a straight tr- to DVD well, type unless thing. Unless that's what they're trying to go for, it kind of has that feel to me like they're trying to go for VOD that schlocky, yeah, kind of. But we'll see. I love horror movies, I love so the, I hope I love it's the good. conceit of it because who hasn't sat around and thought or talked about with their friends on a late night after a few drinks that you know that wouldn't it be cool if or if I was a serial killer, why wouldn't you just do it in a haunted house? Because then people wouldn't know. You could wouldn't you have to hide the bodies. You just you just put a mask on, kill people, leave them there, and then walk out, take your mask off. You know. Did you hear about the movie Bloodfest that came out this year? Yeah, that was the one you guys did the yeah, late screening. We did on. like a late yeah. screening for a, uh, for like a week, week and a half, yeah. something like that. Uh, pretty much the same plot. Yeah. It's the same idea with going to this location and 
It's like a there's a, a killer. Haunt. Yeah, there's yeah. a killer, but everyone thinks that the place it's is supposed to be like a horror themed. Yeah. How'd that do? Uh, it was a limited, very limited release. Very though. limited release, and it was made by, I uh, believe it's uh, Rooster it was Teeth. Out of, I think so. It was a group out of Austin, which I think yeah. Rooster Teeth is part of that. So. Uh, it, it very quickly moved its way onto VOD. Yeah. So. Which is, hey. Yeah, it works. That's, hey, that's where you get your I mean, <laughs> theatrical release is great, but sometimes they make the money on the backside. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, also coming out this week, this one. Okay. Number one next weekend. Out of these next two movies, which one's it going to be? You've got Night School, which is Kevin Hart, uh, Tiffany Haddish. Looks hilarious. They are, yeah, she's the teacher. He's trying to get his GED with a bunch of the kids. Not kids, adults that didn't get their uh, high school diplomas. Looks like she's trying to take a different approach. She had a lot of beating on Kevin Hart, a lot of stuff at Kevin Hart's expense. Um, That or... Smallfoot, which is I forget the studios. This is a, it's not DreamWorks. This is it Illumination? I forget who's the studio behind Smallfoot. Anyhow, could be uh, Blue Sky. I'm not it sure. Maybe uh, they. Uh, it's it's the taking the Bigfoot story. Only they're swapping it around. A human is sighted by a bunch of Yetis, and he's kind of the odd fish out of water kind of story. For the, it's the family movie um, that you didn't know you needed the last weekend of September, but there it is. Which of those makes the number one spot? Do you think? Small foot, uh, hands down. I'm going to go with night school. Just uh, not only just to be different. I think uh, I think night school is a movie that a similar style of movie hasn't come out for enough time where the audience that would go see night school will come out for it. Whereas Smallfoot, we just had like House with a Clock in Its Walls last week. Hellfest, we have The Nun that came out very recently. So if people are kind of like wanting to go see a comedy, there hasn't been just a straight up comedy in a while. So I think... Not a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Not one that people went out to see. Uh, Like the Happy Time Murders. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that is the three big releases, wide releases this week. We will give you the update next week on how they performed at the box office. Yeah, we will. But that's not all that you guys have going on. I mean, I can't imagine. All right, first of all, you've got it. You've just got the regular big movie releases. Every new movies come out every weekend. You guys are just doing normal business. That's enough to keep most. That is enough to keep most places busy. That's what yes. they do. Is we just keep up with what's coming out. But you guys, all right, we're going to talk about what you guys have coming up, and we're going to end the month of September because we are at the last couple of days of the month of September. We're going to talk a little bit about the first part of October because we're looking at this at a week. But then next week when we sit down, we are going to really run down October. Oh because yeah, yeah. Just you guys have got it. You guys have got a packed. Like I said, I don't know how you guys schedule this. I don't know how you guys keep up with all. The it's an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> it so is. many wonderful horror movies. There, uh, yeah. Are you guys? Okay, again, we'll talk about this next week. But are you doing something every day in October? Is there a special program? I'm pretty sure there might be one or two I Sundays. Like, I was, well, but oh, I think wait, that no, you've got I think, no. I think you've got yeah. The, and I'm pretty sure we're also doing like a Harry Potter thing. So, so I think there's something, some sort of special programming. If not every day, most every day in the month of October. Before we get there, let's talk the end of September. Uh, the last final screenings for uh, My Hero Academia are Thursday night at 7 p.m. and then Saturday at 5. How has that gone? We talked last week how we thought 
it was going to be serving a big underserved market. How has the turnout been They're for those? selling out. Are they? They're selling out. And so. it's not like there's just been one or two. You no, guys have ran like... We went ahead and we showed this one, I think, three or four times. Yeah. And uh, I don't believe there are any tickets left. There might be one or two in one of the showings, but I know today's screening, full. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really spoken to the idea that this we have a market, and that's good. If we find out that we have a market... We're going to try and serve that audience. So, uh, we have a couple other things coming up in the pipeline. If you're a big anime fan, good. So look out for that. Absolutely. And again, again, it would be enough just to say, look what we got coming out this weekend. That's new. But the fact that you guys have like, okay, we're going to add four or five screenings because here's a group that doesn't have a movie coming out for them. I mean, that's. I, I think it's. I, I applaud all the work that you guys put into this stuff to get programming for everybody out here at the Alamo Draft House. Um, and, uh, it's like it's not my thing, but right. I, I could imagine like if I was you know younger 15, and, or even yeah. now like if 20, the old Transformers movie 22. was shown here or the old yeah. G.I. Joe oh, yeah. you know Serpentor kind of movie was played here, I'd come see it just oh, because yeah, it's just, like I don't get to see this on the big screen. This would be amazing. When you like something unique that's not like a widely popular in your area yeah or something that's originated somewhere else like these anime films right uh when you like something like that it's like you can like sit around with your friends and watch it but just to be able to actually experience it where everyone else gets to experience the things that they like uh we found that people really do appreciate that oh yeah because so the people that are selling these things out aren't people that don't want to be there <laughs> you know you're there people with dressed people that are up. loving this stuff yeah it's like they love my hero academia so uh we're more than happy to help out and toss these movies on. So. Absolutely. Speaking of movies that everybody loves, uh, the final showing of the quote along for Spaceballs is Thursday night at 8 o'clock yes. p.m. Tickets still available. Are there a couple tickets left? There's a few. So, so we, we did f- five screenings. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a hugely popular movie. One of the best Mel Brooks movies. Well, behind, well, I'd say, well, Blazing Saddles. Well, that's another show. <laughs> I, mean, I guess there's an argument that some people would say it's the last or maybe the moment where the Mel final. Brooks jumped the shark. Yeah, because uh, after that, what was it? Robin Dra- Hood and Dracula, Dracula one. Dead and yeah. Loving It. Yeah, this is probably uh, the last of the good Mel Brooks films. Yeah, I'll I'd give say you third that. or fourth. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> that final showing uh, is Thursday night at 8. <laughs> And then you, the the mini Brad Pitt Film Festival rolls right along. You've got uh, Legends of the Fall Thursday night at six thirty, and a river runs through it, which is also con- hosted by the James River Basin Partnership at seven. Mm-hmm. And then Fight Club starts at seven thirty yeah. on Thursday night. So Thursday night is the come pick which Brad Pitt movie you want to see if you yes. don't want to see Spaceballs or we've got uh, options you do but you have to decide which yeah that's it. the thing yeah it's not all on different nights a few people were night. upset about that it's like I have to pick I imagine they were wouldn't be a hard one for me Fight Club hands down yep without yeah. a question <laughs> that's one of the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah and since we're talking Jack Black a lot today you guys are closing out your special programming and the entire month of September on Sunday at 1.30 with a show uh, showing of School of Rock yeah School which is one of his better performances, I think, for I th- my money. I think, like, of all of his movies, it's the number one rated Rotten Tomatoes movie. They do, like, yeah, a maybe. list every time a yep. starring, yep. Uh, like, showing comes out. So, yeah, School of Rock is just a funny, entertaining, heartfelt uh, the movie kids with are good, all good music. Yeah. yeah, The kids don't ruin it, so that's good. 
It's always too the worry, the right? Kid, too often the kids ruin the movie, but uh, the kids are good in it. Yeah, a lot. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, they amplified the movie. Absolutely, it's a lot of fun. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, thank you. Pun intended. <laughs> All right. Uh, so again, we tease this a taste of what you guys have planned for the month of October. We'll go, like I said, more detail next week. But you guys start off on Monday, October the first at seven p.m. You guys are showing the Adams Family. Oh yes, movie party format. Movie party. So what are we? What can we expect? Will Will there be disembodied hands in people's buckets of, of, on their plates? And I believe you're going to get yourself uh, a nice inflatable sword. So okay, you yeah, can, uh, so you can sword fight along with Gomez. Yes, and then uh, we have like a little thing pen, so that's a lot of fun. And then we're going to have some people dressed up. Always feel free to dress up for these movie showings because it's a lot of fun. Makes for great pictures. Absolutely. Yeah. We've had quite a few people, like, the last couple of weeks with all the movie parties that we're doing, like Napoleon Dynamite. So, like, four Napoleons. So, uh... <laughs> Pedro's getting a lot of votes. Yeah. <laughs> this week. He's, he's definitely... He's a shoo-in. Uh... Yeah, with our Adams family, like you know, there are so many characters. Oh, Everyone yeah. looks like at least one of them, right? So like, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> need a lot of smoking hot morticias. Yeah, that, that you will. Uh, Tuesday. So, just to preface this, a while back, a couple years ago, I thought to myself, you know, I should reintroduce the kids to some of the movies that I enjoyed when I was young. And so, this was one of the DVDs I got from a popular mail DVD service. Um, that I thought, you know what, I'm going to show this one to the kids. Kids at the time being, yeah, 12 to you know, 6, probably. But, but I should probably watch it first ahead of time. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that was not one that I showed the kids. I watched it. I enjoyed it. Then I sent it right back. Uh, but Tuesday night, on Tuesday, October the 2nd at 6 p.m., The Monster Squad here at the Alamo Draft House. Again, it's one you may want to think about whether or not you want to bring the kids to. But if I was going to see this, it, would, it. it wouldn't be. I wouldn't be bringing the kids. It wasn't necessarily anything bad. It was just that there was that time in the '80s where things got slapped with a PG that maybe nowadays they're on the wouldn't. fence. Yeah. yeah, and this was post PG thirteen. It was after '84, so um, it was just one of those. It's just like I don't know that the kids are ready for that yet. I would have no problems letting them watch it today because now they're like 9 to 14 and they'd be totally fine. Just at the time, I thought it was maybe I, maybe if my perception of it was different. Maybe my parents let me watch stuff they probably shouldn't have it earlier than I should have watched it. But uh, but Monster Squad is one of those that's just, it's, it's, it's borderline. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, though. It's one that, yeah, leave the kids at home and come see it on a Tuesday night. Kids got school the next day anyway. Leave them at home. Get a babysitter. Come out and see it for yourselves. Uh, this is the one where uh, Van Helsing is fighting Dracula, and they're in they're unstuck in time, and somebody gets an amulet, and it opens the portal. So now Dracula and the Wolfman and Frankenstein, all these creatures are back in modern nineteen mid nineteen eighties small town USA. Frankenstein's a good guy because Frankenstein's not a bad guy, uh, and Dracula's you know trying to take over, bring on the you know end of humanity enslave humanity one of those type of deals a lot of fun uh wolfman gets blown up with dynamite <laughs> uh wolfman has nods so i just it's, it's a lot of fun it's a good movie it's just maybe maybe you leave the kids at home on tuesday night for that one but definitely come out and see it if you haven't seen it on the big screen huh. i think i did see it on the big screen actually i haven't oh, yeah. seen it on the big screen since 
And then, so this one doesn't necessarily, I was thinking about it, I was like, where does this fit in to the horror theme? But I guess it's kind of a Hitchcock twist. Um, you got the film club coming out Wednesday night for the film club screening of High Anxiety yes. on Wednesday at 7 p.m. And I guess because it is kind of a riff on Hitchcock is maybe how that ties into the, the month of October and the horror piece of it. I managed to catch David mid-yawn as I was yes. trying to transition. So uh, so with High Anxiety, the idea behind that was a lot of the film club films that we've shown in recent day have been uh, pretty serious. Right. Like pretty serious, upsetting, like Midnight Cowboy and the World right. According to Carp. <laughs> So they've got interesting themes. You walked so out we, crying. Yeah. yeah, we want to go with something a little lighthearted. <laughs> so we were thinking Mel Brooks. And, you know, like it's October. First thing we think is Young Frankenstein. Well, right. there's like a contract with some studio. that They're pushing it in a specific like film they wanted, market. Yeah. So we, uh, we can't get it. Yep. So our next jump was, of course, Hitchcock. Mel Brooks, High Anxiety. And uh, it's a fun movie. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's definitely worth a discussion at the end. It's definitely not his best movie. Right. But there are some interesting things to take away. And with Film Club, that's probably one of those Mel Brooks movies that generates fewer the people most discussion. Have, it generates a lot of discussion, and fewer people have seen it. Like yeah. Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, Spaceballs, even yeah. Robin Hood. There's a reason you types. have quote along for those yes. movie types of movies. Versus High Anxiety, where it's probably not going to make anyone's like top five Mel Brooks film list, but it's a lot of fun, and it's it's worthy of a viewing. Because we, we don't want to show just movies that everyone's seen. Right. Like We want to show people some movies that maybe you missed out on. One of your favorite directors made something that yeah, they just kind of slipped by you. So it should stimulate some decent discussion. <laughs> It'll be a good time. Uh, I think we're pretty close to selling out on tickets, so if you're wanting tickets, you need get to in there real quick. Absolutely. Our film club screenings are very popular. So Speaking of cosplay speaking of movies selling out quickly this is not the only time this month where you'll be doing this but it's the first time in october you'll have an opportunity to come out to watch the rocky horror picture show on wednesday october the 3rd at 7 p.m are there any tickets available for that one still yet? for that one yeah no i was gonna say that i figured I, that sold out like in june yeah <laughs> as soon as it was announced we just keep adding show yep. times and it's it's one of the most popular kitschy horror movies out there and we knew it was going to do well and we're doing a movie party so we expected right. quite the turnout and it has just been at a screening sells out at a screening sells out and you know this is a popular movie in springfield missouri yep. like it's hilarious how big it is the galois shows it as well yep. Yep. there are like live stagings uh just a weird, fun time with funny s music, odd performances. Tim Curry, <laughs> Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. Oh, I watch it every I year. Was say, I, I, I watch it sometimes, two or three times throughout the year. I love that. I listen I, to the soundtrack all the time. I love it. <laughs> I hadn't seen it for the longest time. I saw it about six years back, uh, and I'm 26 now. So I saw it when I was 20, and uh, I don't know how I missed it. It's one of those movies that I was like. This seems like something I should have watched at some point. Come across way it, yeah. earlier, and I've seen it probably six, seven times since. So about once a year viewing, and it's so funny. It's so dumb. It, yeah. It's very. It's a. It's an odd little it, movie. It loses. Yeah, I get lost at one point. There's a point in the movie every time where I'm like. 
done. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could turn it off now. I got all the stuff I wanted out of it. So, but uh, I know a lot of people love this thing through and through. That's why it sold out. Yeah. Um, I will just remind folks, and I know we say it every week, and we kind of do it. We kind of blow it off as like, oh, by the way. But I do want to stress. These special programs you guys do, not only are they just fantastic, but they do sell out quick. And yeah. there are, there comes a point where you can't add any more screenings for a movie because you don't have the time and space available to do it. So if you see these things, if you hear about these things, like, hey, I hear they're going to have a Rocky Horror Picture at the Elm, or I hear they're going to have Spaceballs, you have got to get your tickets early because these things will sell out. And the best way, the way I find these things every week that we sit down and talk about, the best way is to follow these guys on Facebook because if you go to their Facebook page and you click on events, at least a month ahead of time, sometimes even earlier if it's a big thing, you will see all the different showings available, but all of the things they've got going on, you've got to be checking those things out on the regular if you are any sort of a cinephile. Even if you just want to see something different once a month at the theater and go, if you're thinking about looking at the month of October, you've, you should have been looking at it before now, but, but you need you're to about go to start pushing November. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Uh, but go in and take a look at their, uh, their, uh, events on their Facebook page, because like I said, man, I was looking through there. I think you guys were booked just about every day in the month of October. And I didn't, I didn't go day by day just because I knew that would be coming later on like next week. But you Some days are, are doubled up. Yeah, you guys are hitting everything in the month of October, and it's a great month to do it. Everybody loves to go see horror movies. Everybody loves to come out in the month of October and do these things. It's not oppressive heat, and you know the sun goes down a little earlier, so everybody wants to prowl a little bit after dark. And I mean, it's this is the time to come out and find a movie that you want to see at the Alamo, whether it's Smallfoot or whether it's you know one of the big new releases or one of the special programs they've got because they they put a ton of stuff out there that you're not going to see at any other theater around here. A little bit for everybody. That's what we're going for. Absolutely. Well, that's what's coming up here at the Alamo Draft House. What we have coming up uh, Friday, we'll be back in the home studio. I think we're going to have a pretty packed house. I may have to pull out a couple extra chairs because uh, I think we're going to be back to full strength on Friday. So if you listen to the previous shows uh, that we do on the weekends, you'll definitely want to hang out. We're bringing some folks back in. We're doing some fun things. We are wrapping up the month of September uh, and looking ahead to October this Friday. And then next week, next Thursday, we'll be back here at the Alamo Draft House talking about whether or not who who won the weekend box office uh we'll be talking about like i said the month of october just taking it we'll definitely hit the you know here's what's coming up in the next week like we always do but we will do kind of a sneak peek for the month of october because i promise you there's somebody that's listening to the show that hasn't gone to your facebook page and looked at the events and they're gonna they're gonna miss out they're gonna see something really cool and be like oh man and it's gonna be sold out so we are going to preview uh, the month of October next week. So you'll want to come back and listen to that. If you'll subscribe to Pop Goes the Culture podcast on your podcast player of choice, you'll know as soon as those new episodes are available. I say that. Sometimes there's a delay. <laughs> but if you subscribe, you'll know when those new episodes are available. Um, while you're there, if you're you know iTunes, Android, whatever, Google, if you would just leave some sort of a... Uh, a review for this or any of the other shows it helps us out the more reviews we get the more we can be featured as a one of the better top popular podcasts so if you would uh, leave a review it can be a bad review if it's a bad review if it's a one star two star review tell us what you think we can do better if it's a good review if it's a four star five star review tell us what particularly you enjoy so that we can make sure that we are giving you guys what you want to hear on these shows uh, every week 
not just what we think you want to hear, but what you guys want to hear as well. Okay. And, and you can tell us what you think are the top stories each and every week. Tell us what we ought to be talking about as it relates to the movies, the box office, what's going on at the Alamo. Tell us about the good experiences you've had at the Alamo. Tell us about how much you love the crazy intros <laughs> before the film or <laughs> tell us what movie, you know, what experience you had, man, we went to this movie party and they had this and that, and it was just a great experience. Let us know all that. You can let us know on Twitter. You can hit us up at PGTC podcast. You can post to our wall on Facebook at facebook.com slash pop goes culture podcast. You can email us your suggestions. Pop goes the email at gmail.com or somebody at some point will call and leave us a message on the hotline. That number is 417-986-7842. And beware, we may use your recorded comments on an upcoming episode. Not to embarrass you, but just so people can hear your voice as well. And you can hear it. And you can tell all your friends, hey, I was on that podcast. Did you hear me? Exactly. And links to all that and more on our website at www.pgtcpodcast.com. For now, that may be changing in the next couple months. We may be doing all kinds of fun stuff in the next couple months. Never and know. besides just the Facebook page, including the Facebook page, but not only the Facebook page, where can folks find more information about the Alamo Draft House? Well, you can go on uh, the App Store or go with the uh, Google Play Store. Look up uh, Alamo Draft House. So we have our own app. You can put in your market, Springfield, and it'll can have a listing of everything. The- oh, absolutely. Okay. You can buy tickets, reserve your seats. Uh, the world is your oyster on the Alamo <laughs> Draft House app. There you go. Look for the Alamo Draft House app. If you're following them on social media, you'll go to at Alamo Springmo. That's where I find their Facebook page. You can also follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Alamo Springmo. It's real simple. If you just remember at Alamo Springmo, you'll find them anywhere that social media can be found. Okay, not anywhere, but most places, social media, most of the popular places. It's our uh, MySpace. is very popular. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know the everything <laughs> anymore. Uh, but that's been it for this week's show. Thank you again for sticking in. Absolutely. You are uh, becoming a regular. Yes, that's three I of them am. in the last couple months. Thank you very much. I'm Absolutely. glad to be here. Every time, every week, man, you're always welcome to be on here. Uh, I have been Joey Mills. Good up. David Mann. And we are going to wish you guys a great weekend. Come on out to the Alamo and check out a movie this weekend. See you later. Later. Later.